Welcome to Men's Call, where every man has a call by God that if fulfilled will change the world. Therefore, we go after the answers to the questions about our call on this earth. Hey guys, I know it's been about a month and a half to two months that I've been away. And all I can say to that is sometimes our focus has changed. I know for me, I've definitely been really focused on my health. And then there's also been uh, many other things going on. But I'm back now and I'm looking forward to getting the flow going again. But just to get started, what I wanted to do was post what I was going to post last, which was going to be a Father's Day special. I was blessed to do a Father's Day special with my father and my father-in-law's family of men on a Father's Day special with Raleigh North Christian Center. So I'm going to play back this message that we had together talking about being fathers, also talking about being black fathers, also talking about the things that we need to do in raising our children and also what we need to do in loving our spouses, our wives. So if you have the time and you haven't heard this message already, go ahead and take a listen. My wife is actually the moderator as well, and I thank God for that too. So hope you enjoy. All right, happy Father's Day. We are so excited. Welcome to Raleigh North Christian Center. And part of our heart to you is to celebrate you, but especially on Father's Day, we wanna celebrate fathers. And this session is all about celebrating black fathers our leadership and our legacy through the leaders in our own families and in our community. I'm so excited today because we are in a room filled with great men, great men of valor, great men of wisdom, and because of them, often we are. So today, along with Dr. Chapman, who is the founder and the senior pastor here at Raleigh North Christian Center, and my dad, we are so honored to also have Dr. Chapman's dad, my grandpa Wesley <laughs> Chapman. <laughs> and also, Chapman. we are so thrilled to have my father-in-law, my father-in-love, Reverend Jesse Donald Parker, as well as my husband, Jesse Parker, and Jeff, my brother, Jeffrey Chapman Jr. So we wanted to show multi-generational leadership and hear from their heart as far as what they've learned growing up and the lessons that they can share as men, as leaders, as fathers for you and your family. So join me in welcoming our guest today. So glad to have you. Great to be here. Thank awesome. So we wanted to first open up on why this conversation is important. We believe, especially now in what I call the social justice revolution era, it's important to be reminded of the leadership in our own bloodline and in our community. We wanted to really amplify the, the history of leadership and legacy that we have, our resiliency, our ability to build and rebuild again, and our ability to instill values that are lasting. And so today we wanted to hear from the heart of these men and we wanted to be able to share that so that you can be blessed in your own home and your own family and that it can even elevate your your mindset or even inspire you in different areas just hearing from the way they grew up and what they've made a point of doing differently or the same in their own um, leadership as a man and father all right gentlemen so this is now all about you and so we're so grateful to be to be here with you we want to hear from you when you reflect on your growing up, each of you represent different generations. Uh, I'd love to know in your mind, what are qualities that make a man a leader and a good father? 
Let's start with Dr. Jeffrey Chapman. You said a leader and a great father? Yes. Well, I think, first of all, we need to understand what leadership is. And leadership is really to motivate uh, uh, a group of people towards a common goal. And so that's what a leader is supposed to do. So as a father, that is what my responsibility is to my family, is to lead them and to achieve a common goal. And the father sets the vision for the house. And so it's important for him to know what the vision is so that he can accomplish it and articulate that to every family member. Love it, love it. Okay, who would like to share next? Feel free to just jump in. Uh, well, the, the father, probably the oldest father that is here, I agree with everything that my son just said. A leadership is all that and then more. A leader has to be always, he's got to be a follower before he becomes a leader. I love that. If you can't follow, you can't lead. Mm -hmm. You can't always be out front as a drum major telling everybody else what to do. That's good. You got to be willing to do some of it yourself. Mm -hmm. A leader is all of that. I love that. Yeah. Well said. Anyone else? Yeah. Uh, my take on leadership is I always look at it kind of like I love, I love gardening. Mm -hmm. So I, I look at it as, as in a child, as, as pertaining to children, it's like cultivating. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like planting that crop. And, you know, and when you're planting a crop, you always have to have distance from each plant. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many children you got, but each, each one of them going to need their own space. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, uh, when you're cultivating, one may need something that the other one uh, don't need, you know. And then the other one may need that something that the other one needs, you know. So, but being a leader, it starts like Wesley said. You got to be a, a follower before you can be a leader. And I had a great follower from my father, you know. I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if we want to talk about leadership, of course, I can't speak on fatherhood, but I can speak on being a leader. One of the things that uh, really makes a good leader, in my opinion, is one, like they said, being able to follow, mm -hmm. take instruction. Um, in the business field, in the corporate world, I think leadership is understanding the room, mm -hmm. understanding when to talk, when to speak, understanding different personalities, how to flow with each individual person. And uh, from my experience, that really helps. It's like a coach coaching a football team. There's some players you can be very hard on, mm -hmm. There's some players you gotta be a little more soft with because people uh, take direction differently. Yeah. And a good leader recognizes that when they enter a room, they know when to speak, they know when to hush, mm. they know when to step up. Um, you know, you got, sometimes you have to be assertive, sometimes you have to kind of fall back. I think there's a lot of different qualities when it comes to the leadership. And one thing, um, you gotta be humble. Mm. People respect humility. Mm -hmm. uh, from my experience, that, that goes a long way. Also be authentic. Mm -hmm. When you're authentic, people can um, be authentic right back with you. If you're mm -hmm. genuine, they'll pick up on that vibe and they'll flow with that same energy. So I think being a leader, uh, you know, you have to have a following too. People have to be, have to be following you. Mm -hmm. um, they have to respect you. Um, you have to be a great decision maker. Mm -hmm. Leadership is really all about decisions. It's all about decisions you make. And it really comes down to, uh, you know, who you're around. Because mm -hmm. that impacts leadership. You know, that impacts decisions you want to make. And so I think leadership is a, a full-scale thing, but you have to approach it in different layers and different situations. And from my experience, um, 
I get the respect from that standpoint because I'm very understanding. Mm -hmm. I'm very personable. Um, you're going to see my face. You know, I always tell people, uh, you're going to know what I'm thinking just by looking at my face. I'm, I have a horrible poker face. Um, but people, I think, just respect me because I come from a genuine place. I have a great background. And I think that's really uh, a lot of qualities that leadership really contains. I love it. I guess if we're all going around, um, leadership for me is being honest, you know, and uh, learning as you go. I know some of you guys probably think, you know, you read the books and you're going to be a perfect father, but, you know, you're going to be who God called you to be. Um, so you just need to learn as you go and be honest. Uh, the kids are going to watch and do everything that you do. So I see some of the mistakes I made early on and my son, I had to change some of that with my daughter so she didn't have that same attitude, you know. So you just learn along the way and uh, you make sure that you improve every day. I love it. I love it. And I think also for our audience, if you all are open to it, if you could just share a little bit about who you are, where you were born, you know, some things that you're grateful for, you're growing up, just so we can have a little bit of an understanding of uh, a little bit of your background and so that we can connect to um, what brought you here today. So how about we start with Grandpa Wesley? Well, I was born in 1942, years back. I was raised on a farm, mostly raised by my grandfather. My mother, she passed away when I was a young kid, seven years old, I believe it was. I think I got that, that right. My, my mother was I don't know, she was, I thought she was the greatest woman there was in the world, even at that age. She gave me everything I needed and everything I wanted, just about it. I always had more than everybody else at Christmas time. She worked on the base. That was kind of one of the best jobs there was in Onslow County, County June, North Carolina. She kept us, me and my brother, always looking neatly. She worked as the as a laundry on the laundry uh, on the base. Worked as the laundry, and the clothes that we wore were starched so heavily they could stand by themselves <laughs> <laughs> when you took them off. And we had to wear that to school. I remember, and they were just uh, scratchy, <laughs> just eat you up. Nobody in school had clothes like we did, but my brother died soon after that. And it seemed like me and my brother went downhill fast. Mm -hmm. Not only that, a year later, my grandmother died. Mm -hmm. That left my brother, myself, my father. Mm -hmm. Not my father, my grandfather. Mm -hmm. Sorry. He was mom. Mm -hmm. He was the teacher. Mm -hmm. He was dad. He was everything. Mm -hmm. Learn a lot from the old man. I don't know, he, he was kind of firm, mm -hmm. worked us hard. Mm -hmm. uh, having a good time was, to him, was holding the mule in the yard, letting feast. <laughs> <laughs> and going to church, he wanted you to go to church. We can participate in church. After church, it was back to the mule, holding him in the yard. 
I don't know. I, I maybe maybe I shouldn't say this in in public, but I got to say it. I got to say it because it comes in. It's very important. As a young person, I thought I hated my grandfather. That stayed with me for a while. But as I grew older, I saw where he was molding me. He was making me a survivor. Cooking, ironing, taking care of yourself. Today I can do all that. I've done all of that with him. With all the rest of my kids that I raised. I think he's the greatest person that ever lived wow. because he taught me to survive. Wow. And that means a lot, to be able to survive. Yes. He taught me how to, 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 to be not, I wouldn't say I was a Christian, but he taught me how to believe in God. That was another good trait I liked. But I don't know, I really appreciate him. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Grandpa. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go to Reverend Jesse Parker, and then we'll come to my, my father. <laughs> so she's going by age. She's going by no, age. <laughs> yes, I'm a baby boomer. I was born in 1954, and I'm really honored to be here today. Uh, Wesley touched my heart over that man, because he, he, we, we kind of come through the same era, kind of what, some, somewhat. But uh, one of the most important rules that my father had was to respect women. Mm. If you didn't respect women, wherever you were at, now you didn't have to be in his house, wherever you were at, you had to respect women. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of, in, in, in my era, it wasn't a lot of respect because a lot of men, a lot of men treated women pretty bad in our neighborhood, you know. Mm -hmm. So that stood out, you know. That was, that was paramount for me, for him, you know. We were gonna do that, and my father, uh, he, when he was 23 years old, he had a, a stroke, a sunstroke. Mm -hmm. he, he worked, he was a sharecropper. And uh, he was out in the, in the tobacco field priming and he had a stroke. So I wasn't born until 1954. He had the stroke in 51. Mm -hmm. So that means, you know, he, he was still active mm -hmm. in that thing, you know. And, uh, and uh, put, by him having that stroke, uh, it made him, it, it kicked in extra senses. It's like he had a sixth sense, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, he could plow a mule with one hand. He was paralyzed on his left side. He could plow a mule with that. Uh, he taught us how to bait a hook with one hand. He taught me how to tie my shoes with one hand. Wow. So you see, those the skills, in it, God always prepares you for things, you mm -hmm. know. But those skills that I've learned from him are how to treat people, mm. how to be a people person. It's good to be a people person. Now, when you No, people just don't like you that much, right. you know. But when you can be elevated to have a smile and be kind. And uh, when my father passed, it was a scripture. He always, he said, a man, he always, he always reminded me, so as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yeah. He told me that the day before he died. He yeah. kept telling me that. He told us, three sons, mm -hmm. every day one of us got a piece of that, you mm -hmm. know. That's all I got. I love that. That's powerful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for yes. sharing. Dad? Well, my name is Jeffrey Chapman, Sr. I was born in Jacksonville, North Carolina in 1962. And now I understand why my dad 
treated me the way he treated me <laughs> by hearing this story for the first time like this. I'm like, wow, I get it now. <laughs> but I can say on the back end, I appreciate it so much more now than I did then. Didn't understand all of the pieces that was going into it. I just thought, man, he was a hard man when it came down certain things. And so I can say now that those traits that he taught me um, growing up, you know, now really, really have shaped me into who I am. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I kind of wrote down this morning, um, and you may ask this question, but very quickly, is that one of the things that I've learned from him, you know, uh, growing up, one of the greatest things I can remember is that he uh, instilled education mm -hmm. into me, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hated school all the way to 12th grade. Actually, I just couldn't take it. Um, but looking back now, I understand that what he taught me was great study habits, mm -hmm. things that I use today. Mm -hmm. I, I would not be able to bring to fruition my messages and my teachings and my sermons if I didn't have those kind of study habits. Wow. And so I can see now um, how his grandfather taught him and instructed him. There were some ways that he did with me and my brother. And so I'm very appreciative because there again, there's a lot of great qualities. And I have shared this with him before that I could not be who I am without his hand being in my life the way it was. And he was always there. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Jeff, you wanna share? Sure. Um, my name is Jeffrey Chapman Jr. <laughs> this is my pops right here, <laughs> Dr. Chapman. Um, yeah, so I was born in Sierra Vista, Arizona, uh, 1987. Uh, of course, I was born there because my dad was in the military. And um, I was there for, I don't know, three or four years. And then we moved to North Carolina. So I basically grew up here um, in the state of North Carolina and Raleigh. And I, I love Raleigh. I know a lot of people grow up here like, oh, there's nothing. I'm like, I love it. It fits my personality so well. Um, it's funny. It's, it's so funny because I'm, as I'm hearing everybody, now I'm learning the psychology behind a lot of things because mm -hmm. I, I realize growing up, my dad wasn't really that hard on me like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because his dad was hard on him like that. So I think it had the opposite effect. He's like, oh, my dad was always on me. So, I gave so it, it had pros and it had cons where I didn't feel, um, I didn't feel forced to do a lot of things, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but at the same time, I think I, I really learned a lot through uh, observing him and listen to him always. So I'm just telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. I was always obedient. I was never a troublemaker. I was a little slow. <laughs> but I wasn't a troublemaker. You know, uh, I, I, I really had a great childhood. Um, what I love the most about my dad is he loves his family. Mm -hmm. He takes pride in taking care of his family. Uh, that's, that comes, I mean, after God, that comes uh, second. Mm -hmm. You know, he loves his wife. He loves his children. Uh, I have two other siblings. He treats us um, equally but different mm -hmm. based on different personalities. And so I think he probably was the most patient with me. Mm -hmm. um, I always joke. He said, I ain't know if you was going to survive. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of survival, he said, I ain't know if you was going to survive. <laughs> he said, I thought I was going to take, take, take care of you for a long time. I always say that. And so I was more of a late bloomer. Um, but a lot of stuff that I, I watched growing up and saw what he did was instilled in me and it, it really came out. Uh, number one was loving his family. Number two, he's always been very consistent. Everything he's done, he's been very disciplined. He's been by the book. And so I really try to take those traits that I learned at an early age and what I'm doing now with running the ministry. Um, another thing is, it, it seemed like he was, 
Mr. Everything because he can he was handy. Yeah. Um, he, he can build things. He can fix things. He was in technology. Um, he's preaching. So I mean, this is like my ultimate superhero growing up. Mm -hmm. Like this man can do anything. So uh, well, one, I'm blessed because I actually had a father that was in my life. Mm -hmm. That's the one of the things I really enjoy and I and I really thank God for. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was that was number one. Uh, so now. A lot of things that he did growing up, because he was very clean, like no dust on the blinds, mm -hmm. no shoes on the floor. I treat the ministry that way. I'm very particular because that was instilled in me. And, you know, that trickled down. So if I see something out of place, I'm like, oh, move that, get that, uh, that don't look right. Mm -hmm. That's because, you know, that's how I was brought up. And, you know, I, I thank God he was strict in that way because it really made me run this ministry very well. Um, he created that foundation for me to operate the way I'm operating today. And I, and I really, truly enjoy it. Um, I always looked up to him. A guy asked me uh, not too long ago, he was like, he was trying to work with his son. He said, um, at what age does your dad start being cool to you? Because I'm trying to make my son, you know, be, I was like, from day one, I never thought my dad was goofy. <laughs> if anything, I was scared of him growing up. I, it's funny, I used to tell people, um, I was so intimidated. I had like the fear of God. You know how you have the fear of God? I had the fear of Dr. Chapman. <laughs> growing up, I, I, was, I used to be so scared of I used to talk to him behind his back like this. I would never talk to his family like, hey dad, can I get a, um, he's like, man, get in front of me, man. I was so shy and intimidated, you know, cause he just had this aura about him of respect and I didn't want to, uh, you know, let him down in any way. Mm -hmm. Still to this day, you know, it's good that we, um, we're older now and you know, we're uh, more friendly. I mean, I mean, we're always friendly, but we're more like friends mm -hmm. than father and son. But back then, and I was just like very, you know, kind of standoffish, like respect, I think that's why I'm so close to my mom, because she's so personal, my dad was like stern. I'm like, uh, is he happy, is he sad? But that really helped mold me today. Um, I just really like that foundation he put in me and that respect factor, and anything he tells me to do, to, even to this day, I'll do it without a hesitation. There's no pushback, there's no talk back, because he really instilled that love. I know he cares, I know he loves for us, I know he's always gonna provide for us, or always was a provider, and he has our back. So. Um, I, I really love him, and that's really why I'm the guy I am today, is based off his leadership. I love it. Love it. Awesome. All right, babe, All right. Well, Jesse? I'm Jesse Parker, Jr., born in Burlington, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, when I came up, uh, my dad was a uh, very loving kind of person. He was always going to hug somebody. You know, if he saw you across the way, he, he wasn't going to come up and grab your arm. He's going to yell all the way across the way, get your attention, and then come over there and, and talk to you, you know. Very loving guy, and uh, I learned from him compassion, you know. He'll cry in a heartbeat. You'll probably see him cry today. To and, uh, <laughs> you know, so I got that from him, and it makes a lot of sense because he's talking about my grandfather, Joseph, who I never met. Um, but, you know, just the, some of the things he said. Uh, my dad would speak life to me, and uh, he would tell me things that I was going to do that he hadn't done yet, and we'll probably get into that. And, uh, you know, that was just a blessing to me um, that he would speak life like that. So I always make it a point to speak life to my son and my daughter the same way that it was spoken to me, you know. So um, I just love to do things with my father, uh, very hands-on. He's a very hands-on person. So I knew if I wanted to spend time with him, I needed to be out there with him hands-on. So that's what I would do, whether he was working on the truck. Uh, you remember that, that Ford? And, uh, he was working on that four. We were doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm not doing none of it today, thank God. But uh, <laughs> growing up, we was always doing something, plowing in the field. He had me plowing the field and everything else. But uh, yeah, that was all hard work, you know, and I didn't think about it, but it was backbreaking hard work. When I came back from college, I realized how hard that work was when I came back and tried to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but, it but it all strengthened me and made me tough, you know. And I think uh, one thing, 
that's been coming up a lot lately socially as African-American men is that, you know, we have to be tough, mm -hmm. you know? And I think it, it makes sense uh, that when he raised me, he raised me to be tough and it really helped me in the area that we grew up in uh, where there was a lot of racism, mm -hmm. you know, so. Very good. Thank and you. Was, and I, I'm, I, had to, I know I'm kind of getting away from the question, but um, one thing I do appreciate my dad as well is his style. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that Grandpa Wesley was talking about how his mom had everything starched. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody dressed like them. Now I'm, I'm seeing the psychology behind why he dressed the way he dressed. Mm -hmm. And that kind of influenced me. You know, we're, you know, a uh, very, uh, can't say showy people. We like, you know, like look good and fashionable and things of that nature. So I, I see um, how that has trickled down from generation to generation. And now I see kind of what the foundation and the birth and the evolution of how it started. Mm -hmm. And I really like, okay. Now it makes sense. I so I always, it. that's another thing I always appreciate. I'm like, yeah, that's what my dad's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Black James Bond. <laughs> All right. So now my next question is, what lessons about manhood are, are you, or have you passed down to your children or are you hoping to pass down to your children? that you're very proud of and that you think matter generationally? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Uh, love. Mm. Understanding, kindness, and honesty. Mm. Those will work mm -hmm. for, for a child. If you teach those, if you pass it on down from generation to generation to generation, and hard work. I don't care if it's in, if it's in a college scene, in a book, or outside, whatever you... You got to work for what you do, you know, and uh, earn it. Earn what you earn, what you what you get. Uh, like Jesse, he uh, when when he was coming up, yeah, I, I drove him hard. I drove him so hard until he made sure he wanted to get a college education. <laughs> you know, uh, when it came to plowing and doing, sure enough, he was out there doing it. And he told me one day, he said, I'll never do this once I get a, get 18. You know, he said, I want to do this again. I don't think you probably have, you know. But, mm -hmm. But he was instilled to work hard. So that's, that's what I believe, you know. Awesome. All right, uh, Dad, how about you? Um, one of the things I wanted to pass down to my son or all my children was take responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, own up to whatever you're doing mm -hmm. and uh, make sure that you're not passing the buck. Make sure you're not putting on other people. But, you know, if, if it's your responsibility, you know, take that responsibility. And, you know, and I feel that, you know, as far as a man, you know, uh, finding something and fulfilling it, mm. being that example. So that's what I'll see. One thing I would like to pass down and have passed down to my kids. Awesome. Grandpa Wesley? Well, at my age, one thing that you said that I would like to pass down Down if I ain't already done it, it's too late. <laughs> Pass it down now. But uh, leadership. Leadership. Team building. Team building. Very, very, very important. It's not only just team building. on a job is team building in the family. Hmm. 
it's team building at church. Yeah. Everywhere you you involve in other people, it's gotta be about team building. You all are starting a new project right now, mm -hmm. right down the street. He can't do it alone. Yeah. He's got to have a team mm -hmm. to do it with. Always believed in team building. As I was coming along when I was work, I pushed that into all my team. Mm -hmm. You got to be a team builder. Mm -hmm. We can't make it alone. Right. If we go at it alone, we're going to fail. Mm -hmm. Team building is one of the most important things that you can do on this earth. You can't live by yourself. Mm -hmm. It takes a team. That's really good. Yeah, to do it. Just to expound on that a little bit, to you, what is team building? How can you do that? Like, what does it look like to team build? Team building? Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that you're always out in the, out in the front leading everybody. Mm -hmm. You got to make everybody feel important on that team. Oh, okay. Everybody's got a major role in that team to play. It's not about one indip individual. Mm -hmm. Team building, team building is just, just covers so much. Yeah. I, I can remember when I was working uh, in Newburn, mm -hmm. starting there. I pushed, and these people that I used to leave in charge, about you got to have team building experience for these people to follow you. Mm -hmm. You can't just go out there and demand stuff from them. That's good. You got to kind of finesse it out of them. Mm -hmm. You can't always be right. Right, that's good. And they'd be wrong. Mm -hmm. You got to bring all. All that in together. I love that. All that in together. <clears throat> That's excellent. Yeah, it's just like a, it's just like a football team. Mm -hmm. Just like a football team. You get that, that guy back there running the ball. If you don't have those people up in front with him, doing their assignments, mm -hmm. he's he's lost back. He's gonna get killed. <laughs> 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 yeah. True. But, but I truly believe in team building. I love that. And the family. Good. And the church, and the community, mostly everywhere. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Jesse, what about you? Um, manhood. I think uh, I think they all said it, but uh, if I had to say something, I would say uh, confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that I want to make sure that I instill in my son mm -hmm. uh, and my daughter, who already has a lot of confidence. Um, <laughs> is uh, confidence, you know, to respect others, but also respect yourself, you know, because God has given them gifts uh, that are going to help them to be the great men and women of God that they're going to be. And I think that's been a benefit as well, uh, because my dad uh, and his dad both loved the Lord, and I got to see it at an earlier age. Uh, it helped me to raise my children with God. Mm. You know, uh, my dad you know, he he was learning as as we went, uh, but with my kids, thankfully, I was saved before I had them. So, 
You know, that allowed me to just see the word of God and use that to instill that into my children. So if you have that opportunity, do that, because there's a difference between being a man and being a man of God, mm. you know. And when you can bring the and you can instill in them what God has instilled in you, then, you know, you're creating generational blessings. Mm. And that's really what I want to see in my family, regardless if it's a man or a woman mm -hmm. uh, in my children and my children's children is, is generational blessings from eating and feasting on the word, you know? Yeah. Awesome, that's awesome. I love that. There was between being a man and a man of God. I love that. That's a good line. Jeff? So uh, one thing I would hope to instill um, and, and the next generation my, and my kids will be, um, one, be, be true to who you are. Mm -hmm. I think uh, one of the things, and, and I'm judging a lot of things based off how I raised and how I thought of myself growing up. And be genuine to who you are. So be yourself. Um, don't try to be like somebody else. Um, you can use people as a guideline and how to, how to treat individuals and things of that nature. But for example, um, I, I used to be, at my early age, try to be just like my dad, everything. I was like, I gotta go to the military. He was in the military. You know what I mean? I was like, you ain't a man who go to the military. Like, you know, that was my mindset. I was like, I gotta do literally everything like him. But in doing that, I didn't really know myself. So I was trying to be like somebody I really wasn't. There was traits I was like, but you know, as a whole, I had to really find myself and be okay with who I am, mm -hmm. you know, in different areas, whether it's being um, black, mm -hmm. <laughs> whether it's being, you know, more on the quiet end, mm -hmm. more introverted. I didn't know what an introvert was until I was 18. Mm -hmm. So I was for, for 18 years, I was trying to figure out why do I like being by myself? Mm -hmm. Why am I such a loner? I thought something was literally wrong with me mm -hmm. until I read a book and felt like, oh, okay. This is a normal thing, you know? So why, you know, when it's a lot of crowds, I'm more, you know, low key and this individual, I talk more. So learning about yourself, be genuine to who you are and loving how God made you. Mm -hmm. No matter how that is, just be real. Yeah. I think um, another thing I like to instill is make good decisions. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna make all the right decisions. Um, learn from your mistake, learn from others' mistakes. And you know, to me, life is all about the decisions you make. You know, that's really what it comes down to. Learn to trust God and let him guide you and um, know everything. It's a faith move, but trust him. I believe God bless pure intentions. So if you're trying to do your best, I believe he blesses that. And so when you uh, make great decisions and really try to uh, instill that, I think your kids, I think that will help. And I think um, also love your family, mm -hmm. love yourself, treat others how you want to be treated, mm -hmm. respect others, be assertive when you need to be assertive. Um, be humble, we need to be humble. And so these are some of the basic characteristics um, I would like to instill in that next generation and my, and my kids so they can learn to enjoy themselves for who they are and make the best decisions they can make. Awesome, all the life lessons you need in fatherhood and life are just right here, right here, gold. That was so good. <laughs> Thank you for sharing Shanna. that. <clears throat> Shanna. Yes, sir. I wanna share one more thing. Sure. And I know this, where we're at right now in our country. Uh, this means a lot because I've seen it work through my son. You gotta, you gotta teach against racism. Mm -hmm. With Jesse, I had an opportunity to do that because where we live at, four percent of the school, four percent of the school that he attended, were black. Mm -hmm. And I, I instilled to Jesse, I said, you've got to get along, and you've got to accept these people as who for what they are, mm -hmm. and not for what they may be. Mm -hmm. So with that said, Jesse, Jesse was a school president, mm -hmm. and only four percent of the po population were. Yes. Black. Mm -hmm. yes. So mm -hmm. I know he learned that lesson. You mm -hmm. need to you need everybody around you to make it work for you in society. That's good. This is not mm -hmm. a black society. Mm -hmm. This is the United States of a melting pot. Mm -hmm. so, so I taught that, mm -hmm. and I got to see it work through him. And I'm hoping he push it on with JJ and Eden mm -hmm. and 
so on. You know? I love that's that. Real. That's powerful. Yeah. That's really good. And I know in, in Jesse's life that he had to withstand racism really young at four years old, you know, call the N word and um, having to deal with teachers who, mm. you know, would not would try to block him from opportunities mm -hmm. and access, even though he had honors grades. And uh, what I do appreciate about you and Daphne is that you fought for your, you know, for your children and, but they were tough enough to know they could go to you and uh, make things right. And even though he had to withstand all that, he has a loving heart. You know, Jesse truly That's has right. a loving heart for all people. Of course, we care about our community, but he does have a heart for all people. And I appreciate that from you. So that's awesome. Well, that's real, too, because, you know, growing up, we went to, you know, predominantly white schools. And um, I think if it wasn't for the love I got at home, I think it would affect me worse at a younger age. Yeah. Yeah. I had that foundation at home, so even though I was picked on for being black, thinking I was mm -hmm. dumb because I was black, thinking I was ugly because I was black, I got so much love at home, mm -hmm. it counteracted that that's awesome. type of thing. And so I think that's why fathers are so important, because the influence you have in your kids goes beyond the house. Mm -hmm. Once you step out in the real world and those doors, you know, people are going through so many different things have so many different personalities. You're going to be, you know, attacked every which way. Mm -hmm. And going to a predominantly white school, that was something I had to deal with. I think it was myself and I think it was a, a girl that was the only black person, mm -hmm. black people mm -hmm. in the classroom. And so uh, that was a battle growing up mentally, mm -hmm. especially when you're young. When you're young, you're not, your, your mind's not that developed to know mm -hmm. how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So I, I commend you, Mr. Parker, you know, for, you know, teaching your son how to deal with other races because that's so important, especially now. Um, and so I can see the effect, po both positive and negative, that will have on a kid. But having that foundation at home will help you go a long way. And if you have good parents and they speak in life and you say you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you, you know, I love you and um, I'm providing for you. And we've got a great example here and you've got great siblings. I think uh, that family household, you know, really holds weight. Mm -hmm. And so I do thank God for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So... Um, one of the things I just kind of want to hone in on is, and anyone can answer this question, but was there, any, was there anything that you felt that you had to navigate growing up that you believe made you better? So um, if there was a hardship or a challenge that you had to go through um, and it wasn't what you wanted, it wasn't, didn't seem fair, but was there anything that you've had to navigate that you think now looking back you believe has made you better? Yes, there's a plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Where should I start? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could start right at home, mm -hmm. right at home with my as as I thought it was a hardship with my grandfather mm -hmm. coming through him. That's just like going. I believe going to wall. I've never been to wall. Mm -hmm. But if you can survive him, mm -hmm. you're going to make it. <laughs> you're going to make it. And not, not, not only that, when I, uh, I went to school, went off to A&T, I thought after I came out, my aunt, my aunt sent me to A&T. Mm -hmm. My aunt Gert paid for me. But after two years, she said, I can't afford it no more. Mm -hmm. I couldn't understand that. Mm -hmm. That was a hardship. Mm -hmm. mm. That's one time a man cried mm -hmm. because he couldn't go back mm -hmm. to school. Mm -hmm. I didn't finish. I didn't finish. I learned a lot while I was there. Mm -hmm. 
But that was a hardship for mm -hmm. me, knowing that I wouldn't be able to go back. Mm -hmm. After this young man was born, and I had got out and got a job, went to work, I got a letter from me and he said, you can come back. We, 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 I had done well enough in mm -hmm. school that we can finance you. Mm -hmm. But I chose at that time not, mm -hmm. not to because he was born and another one was coming. Mm -hmm. Somebody's got to take care of this family. Mm -hmm. And that was me and his mother mm -hmm. was going to have to do that for him after raise deal. But, but that was kind of a downer then knowing that I couldn't go back. Mm -hmm. After going to work, another downer was being told on that job that, and I know I was qualified to do other than what I was brought in there to do, mm -hmm. that you can only clean the floors mm -hmm. and clean the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. After Ashton, could I do these, some of these technical jobs? He said, the world is not ready for you to do that yet. Another is this company. Wow. Mm. But the man that spoke that to me, he also said, there's going to be a time coming when you will be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I'll be backing you. So man was true to his word. He did. He pushed for me awesome. to be the first black to be a technical technician person with uh, Carolina Telephone. Mm -hmm. hmm. And then th that's when the ball started rolling. It was back in school again. And they kept me in school so much then, I tell you what, I, I, I just, what did I ask for? <laughs> what did I ask for? <laughs> you work three months and you go on. Jeffrey, remember when I was gone so much? Mm -hmm. And those were some of the toughest schools I ever met to. Mm -hmm. Bam, 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 bam. I can remember the first, one of the first schools I went for central office. It took one week, one whole week for to pick up that telephone and you hear dial tone. Mm -hmm. And they push eight hours a day, eight hours a day, eight hours a day. Wow. That was tough. Am I going to make it mm -hmm. again? Mm -hmm. But by the grace of God, I did. And from then on, I, I don't know, somebody saw something into me and they just keep pushing. You can go further, you can go further, you can go further. But I had, a, I had, I had some weak points too. Mm -hmm. I saw where that education that I didn't get mm -hmm. helped me back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Even though uh, Mr. Dorman, one of my, one of my mentors, he said, Wesley, you can be president of this company if you learn to put it on paper as well as you can tell it to us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I couldn't do that. We didn't have the computer then. Mm -hmm. All you had was a, a dictionary sitting up there that you had to go to. Mm -hmm. That was our computer. Mm -hmm. But the rest of it, <laughs> you had to come from there. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think I, I done well. I done well, I thought, for what I had. Mm -hmm. Went a long ways to be a division manager with the company before I came out. Within those four to six years, 
But there were some bright spots along the way too, Seth. Mm -hmm. A whole lot of bright spots. Mm -hmm. And you appreciate it too. But I know somebody else want to say something. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll back down a little bit. <laughs> That's a loaded question, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm kind of the exact opposite mm -hmm. of, of what experiences, and I know things were, were there during my upbringing. Uh, but I saw very little, mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. um, if it was there, it was um, something that, you know, I inadvertently may have seen mm -hmm. for the most part. So the question basically is, you know, what pushed me? Mm -hmm. What pushed me to be who I am today? Mm -hmm. It was not seeing racism as what it was as growing up. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of shielded some way, somehow, from all of that. Mm -hmm. So I look at it myself, I can do anything I want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I look at myself mm -hmm. that there is no barriers. There is there was no teacher that ever told me that I couldn't. Mm -hmm. um, the personality that I had, they just loved, and I wasn't an outgoing person, but I was a very studious kind of person. So I would have inter, um, people come up to me as far as the teachers would, you know, say something or instill something in me that I could go further. Mm -hmm. I think part of my, um, let's say, challenge was that. I could go as high as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I just did just enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was the exact opposite. I just did just enough just to get by. Although I knew I was smart enough, I just didn't want the, the pushing and the, the constant challenging in me to go into something deeper into better. I didn't get that quality until I was grown. Mm -hmm. And then I saw the importance of it. But with, without me seeing the, the harsh racism, mm -hmm. I had no barriers. And so when I even raised you all, you know that that was never something that we talked about on the, on the way that maybe traditional black family have talked about mm -hmm. because I didn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I knew it was there. Right. But I just had the, the, the favor of God all of my life, did not know it, that God just kind of moved me over here so that I didn't have to deal with it like other people had to deal with mm -hmm. it. So I saw life from a different lens. And, I, and today I still see it from a different lens. That's good. Yeah. Anybody else want to share? Give me the question again. So basically what made you who you are and um, do you attribute that to anything you had to overcome? Right, what made, uh, I grew up in poverty mm -hmm. and I didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. In other words, poverty did not define who I was gonna be. Good. Uh, my mother and father, they were very poor, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize I came from a poor family until I joined the Navy. Wow. And the guy in the Navy told me, you come from the lower, lower rate. Mm -hmm. And with the taxes, it was a lower, 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 something like that. Lower, I said, lower. oh really? <laughs> he said, yeah. I said, okay, well, what did that mean? You poor. I said, well, I actually didn't know that. I had shoes. <laughs> I actually didn't know that, you know. I said, thank you for telling me that, but that will not define who, who Donnie Parker will turn out to be. You That's know. good. God worked that out, you know. That good. Out. Awesome. Well, I think um, there was two major things I can think of that kind of helped push me and obstacles, you know, I overcame. One of the first thing was um, I've been blessed, and I can definitely say that now, growing up Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, I was always somebody, even though I was more introverted, I always had a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. And most of my friends uh, in my neighborhood weren't saved or anything, but they loved being around me, loved hanging, things like that. I used to think that was like a um, bad thing. Mm -hmm. uh, like, oh, Jeff ain't gonna curse, you know, mm -hmm. you know that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it, but 
it really made me help, and I'm going back to the decisions, it, it made me help good decisions because mm -hmm. I had two fears, fear of God, and again, fear of Dr. Chapman. <laughs> so, of course I made, you know, dumb mistakes growing up, but it was always really a foundation in me, being raised Christian, mm -hmm. that I wasn't going to do certain things. It wasn't going to be, I was going to get close to that edge, but mm -hmm. I'm going to jump. You know what I mean? I might tip my, put my foot in that water, but you know, there was a barrier there and I call it a hedge of protection mm -hmm. that was over me um, because I, I grew up saved, I grew up uh, a Christian, I had that background where I used to think it was something holding me back mm. from experiencing life to its fullest. Mm. And that was my mindset growing up uh, for a long time. Like, man, I can't, uh, that's, that looks so fun over there. You know, I, mean, I want to do it, but you know, and friends always saying, Jeff, you, you right. I personally never thought I was raised strict, mm -hmm. but everybody else did because I, I was raised Christian. Mm -hmm. And people associate Christian with strictness and mm -hmm. rules and regulations. I saw that was just how I grew up. Mm -hmm. um, whether it was the music I was listening to, um, things of that nature, it was just, hey, this is what it is. There were certain points though, I did think like, man, I'm missing out on that right now because I'm Christian say mm -hmm. <laughs> type of thing. But of course now growing up, it helped me make good decisions. And one of the biggest things um, I would definitely want to pass down to the next generation is just be careful who you're around because mm -hmm. whoever you're around is really going to shape you. Mm -hmm. yes. That's friends, that's, you know, loved ones, that's family, that, that's everything. And I was always particular mm -hmm. about who I was around. Mm -hmm. That came from that Christian background of making good decisions, mm -hmm. you know. And so that was one of the biggest things that shaped me was I was very careful who I hung around. Didn't mean I always hung around the right person, but I, I knew how to gauge it and mm -hmm. what, uh, how far to push that pedal mm -hmm. and who to be with, you know, be around. I would say um, the other thing that shaped me was church. Mm -hmm. Not only growing up, but working in a church. Uh, that shaped me more than any educational classes I ever took because mm -hmm. it was hands-on, trial and error, failures and success. And success. Um, you know, we had to deal with a lot, you know, as a ministry, um, dealing with people, you know, that might see you grow up and seeing you who you dealt with and um, making a transition from there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and having to make tough decisions as a leader uh, with people that you love growing up. But ultimately, it made you who you are. You know, you had to make those tough decisions. You had to do certain things that wasn't popular uh, amongst the group. But this church and managing all different personalities that come with the church and making those right decisions and making some wrong decisions really helped mold me with life and how to do the best with life. And I think those are the two major things was growing up Christian and running a ministry really helped shape and mold me with all the obstacles that come with that. That's very good. Mm -hmm. All right, Jesse? Um, <clears throat> I think I was very blessed, you know? I praise God for the way I was raised with my parents, you know? I had my dad and I had my father. I mean, I had my father and my mother. So I, I really praise God for that. That was a great blessing in my life. And, uh, you know, we already talked about it a little bit. Uh, if it was going to be a hardship, it was going to be that I grew up in a predominantly white area. You know, there were places that I couldn't go growing up. I wanted to go to the pool with my friends, but I couldn't go to those pools because those pools were only white people, you know? So there was stuff that I had to experience as a kid that when I talked to other black people, when I got in college, they were like, I never experienced that. But I was like, well, I did. You know, that was my upbringing, you know. And so I would say that would be a hardship, but it was also, it also helped me. It got, it made me stronger. You know, like my dad said earlier, you know, I was a student body president from like middle school all the way through high school, you know. And uh, it was, and the odds were definitely stacked against me, but I was raised to love everybody, you know. And uh, I didn't, uh, 
you know, I just, I was raised to love everybody. So I think I took that with me and it made me a stronger person. It made me able to work in the working world, um, you know, not being an entrepreneur starting out, but working for a company, you know, I would say a hardship that I've learned along the way uh, would be to be more transparent. I think that's something I didn't do because I was always trying to protect myself from white people mm -hmm. that I didn't know I could be transparent in certain situations or I didn't do that. Um, companies don't really teach you that, but I mean, if you want to get a good mentor or something like that, uh, it's not already assigned to you, but find a good mentor. You have to be transparent. You know, you got to be open, let people know what you're thinking, be a little vulnerable, mm -hmm. you know, and that's scary. I think that's scary for men sometimes is to be vulnerable. Uh, but if you can do that, if you can uh, let down, you know, the gate or whatever, just to let people know really what's going on with you, I think that'll help you if you find the right mentor. Now, I heard this already, but you can't just let anybody in, right? Mm -hmm. You got to be wise about who you uh, speak to and, and learn from. Like uh, Wesley was talking about earlier, he had a, it sounds like a really great mentor, somebody who realized the times, but also gave him opportunities. Mm -hmm. And the uh, same thing with me, I'm learning that, you know, that's not something that I, that I knew about, but I'm learning that. So I would say that would be a, a hardship uh, that's going to make me stronger and I'm going to grow from that. And, um, yep. Awesome. Okay, so let's just, let's, we're going to get ready to wrap this up. Um, let's see here. What surprised you the most about being a father? <laughs> Mine's real quick. Okay. <laughs> um, I know this is going to sound so elementary, but looking at a baby and realizing that this baby is totally dependent upon you, mm -hmm. that it will not survive without you taking care of it. Mm -hmm. So as my dad was saying, you know, I had to leave school because I was, I was born and my brother was coming. Mm -hmm. um, it makes you kind of realize, you know, that your desires and your dreams or whatever the case may be, may have to be shifted for a minute mm -hmm. to handle your personal responsibility. And that was, a, that was like an eye opener for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I would jump on that to say um, what surprised me the most was how absorbent kids are. Mm -hmm. um, they like, they listen to every, they hang on every word that you say, mm -hmm. you know. And if you say something you shouldn't be saying, they're going to say it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you do something, they're going to do it. I remember when we were in, uh, we were in Campbell, California, and I was an auditor. I was on the road a lot, traveling all the time. About 40%, you know, and uh, Jesse was what, six months, eight months? He might have been, he might have been eight months. I don't think he was. He was crawling. Mm -hmm. And uh, he would see me get that suitcase out. And he'd crawl into that suitcase and look at me. And that's when I realized these kids are watching everything that I do. You know, mm -hmm. my son's watching everything I do. And it actually made me move back to the East Coast to get a job where I wasn't traveling as much because it just hurt me to see my son want to spend time with me. And, and I knew that my job required me to go to work. Mm -hmm. You know, it required me to get on the road. So after seeing that, that really changed me. You know, it made me change my job options at the time. So. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Okay. Alrighty. In your opinion, how is it important to be available, physically present with your wife and children. Is it important and, and how important is it to be
be available and physically present to your wife and children. It's very important to be yeah. there. That is, that's paramount again, you know. Uh, your kids, they're just, uh, raising kids, they're just like a sponge, as Jesse said. And whatever, whatever goes into that sponge, they will absorb it all. Whether you're cussing, fussing, or whatever in your family, they're going to get a piece of it. Mm -hmm. And the greatest thing about it is when God gets accepted into a person's life like he did mine. Now, I wouldn't say all the time, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I guess, to be honest with you, I was had joined church, but I was playing church. Mm -hmm. I wasn't actually converted to God, to, to love Jesus until I was about 35, 34, mm -hmm. because I'm an alcoholic. I'm a saved alcoholic. Mm -hmm. But all these changes had to occur in my life to bring me to the point to where I am now and understand how great God is, you know. Mm -hmm. He can change, if he can change someone like me, I just want this audience to know he can change you to love you know, your parents, uh, your parents if you're having issues with a, ch with a child like I do at times. You know, he still loves you. Mm -hmm. you know, that's it. That's awesome. I, I, I agree with Mr. Parker over there. It is, if I, if I had to rank it mm -hmm. one to 10, I'd have to say a 10. Mm -hmm. It's great to be involved with your wife. Mm -hmm. if she li I hope she ain't listening now, but. <laughs> It's a lot of time I don't want to go shopping and stay out there with my wife <laughs> trying on shoes all day long. <laughs> but I know it's important for me to put, out, put aside things sometime and go with her, mm -hmm. be with her, even though I don't want to be with her. Mm -hmm. That's important to her. Yeah. It's great to be with the kids when they're involved. Mm -hmm. When this young man was in school, I tried to be involved with him. When he was playing sports, when he put on that uniform, I tried to be there. Mm -hmm. Not only with him, but with all the other three too. Mm -hmm. When Carlin and Leslie, if they was on a debate team, I was there with them. When Leslie was pushing to be the number one in her class, I was there pushing her too. Mm -hmm. I might not want to be there, mm -hmm. but I was pushing her. If you're involved with them and their goals, mm -hmm. they're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. If you're not, they might fall short. Mm -hmm. A lot of them do fall short mm -hmm. because you're not involved with them. Mm -hmm. So as I said to start with, if I was ranking them one to 10, 10 is my number. Good. Awesome. Yes, I think it's, it's uber important to um, spend time with your family. Um, they're going to learn everything from you. You know, I think I've done some Bible studies in the past about this topic. And, you know, for those guys uh, who may have seen their fathers physically abuse their, their wives at the time, you know, that that's a generational curse. We talk about generational blessings, but there's also curses that can be passed down. So mm -hmm. it's really important to treat your wife with the utmost love. Mm -hmm. You notice how I didn't say respect, but with the utmost love, because mm -hmm. the Bible talks about how the women need to be loved. Mm -hmm. They need to be respected as well, but they need to be loved first. And you need to show that to them, because if you have a daughter, that daughter's not gonna know how to love unless they see that love. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a son, he's not gonna know how to love a woman unless he sees you love a woman. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, so that's what I've learned, even from discussions with Shannon, uh, talking about Dr. Chapman and uh, First Lady and how they were raised, uh, how Shannon was raised. And, you know, when, when me and Shannon got married, you know, Shannon wasn't used to no uh, heightened uh, disagreement. Right. <laughs> Speaking loud and stuff like that. Uh, she was like, oh, they would, they would argue behind closed doors and then they would come out. And I was like, oh. I didn't have that experience. <laughs> I said, but that's a blessing that y'all did that, you know. I said, I can learn something from that, you know. I can take something from that, you know. So, but you learn, you learn along the way. So, but just make sure that you treat that woman with the utmost love and respect is very important, I think, um, because they're going to learn from that. And even if they don't, in their minds, think they want to do what you did, later on in life, they're going to do what you did. Mm -hmm because it all comes back. It all comes full circle. Yeah, it's good. So can any of you all speak to the person who may not have had a really great father um, in their lives and any encouragement um, or you know, a young man who may not have that? What would you say, any encouragement if, if someone may have missed part of that experience of a great father, how can they still be a great leader and father at home? Um, what would you say they could consider to take from you all and glean and be better men and even women, women who may have missed a part of that as a part of their upbringing. Anything that you can encourage them in so they can have um, some encouragement here today on Father's Day. Well, I believe, you know, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ covers a great deal of, of that. And if a person was not raised in a home with a father or with an abusive father, um, one of the things that will cause is them to look at their heavenly father wrong. Mm. And mm. so as an earthly father and an earthly man, um, the part of the responsibility is to help uh, for a person that has been in those conditions, mm. to help them see it differently. Mm -hmm. And that means by sometimes as Jeff was growing up, he had friends, because he said oh, he had a lot of friends come around the house. But for me to show them, mm -hmm. not so much from a pastor perspective just mm -hmm. from a man and uh, uh, a married man mm -hmm. or, or a husband what the case may be from that perspective so that's why he always said I was cool because mm -hmm. I got out there and I, and I was one of the guys mm -hmm. to a certain extent mm -hmm. and it made them you know mellow out it made them look at this thing differently and, and just maybe just maybe it changed their minds and how they looked at uh, a, a father mm -hmm. and how they looked at our relationship and maybe that changed some things in their life and I think you know going back to the gospel part is that you know when we get saved uh, Jesus said he is a, the, the heavenly father mm -hmm. and that he wants to protect us and he he desires to help us he says I know the plans I have towards you see that the Lord of hosts plans to prosper you and to bless you and to give you a great future and a great hope. So I think, you know, just by us being examples mm -hmm. in our life can help somebody that did not have that in their home. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, I think, um, and that's so important that he said that because I, um, I was going to say having some sort of mentor in your life mm -hmm. or an example. Um, Dr. Chapman was an example to a lot of uh, my friends, whether he knew it or not. Even to this day, they'll still kind of be like, man, I watch your dad messages on um, Facebook or whatever. Like, I, I see how he flows, how he, you look at his Instagram, it's nothing but him and his wife and my mom, you know, 
just loving on each other and things like that. So they, there's really been a great example for others to see. And so I would say having either an example or a mentor to help you, a father figure to help you in your journey. And one thing I really encourage is not so much, or used to be so much popular, but now it is because you're in the mental health field, go to therapy. Mm -hmm. If it's something that's really, uh, you know, damaging you yeah. and it's something you need to deal with, I encourage go to therapy. Go to a psychologist, help deal with these issues, see what you can do to um, really approach them and, and, and really take them, take them on head on. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know so many friends of mine who ignore the issue mm -hmm. and I, I see it in them everyday life, but they're trying to cover it with doing different things. Mm -hmm. But I know they need that example, they need help in this area because it is a void, it's a thorn in their flesh, if you will, mm -hmm. that they just haven't never addressed. Mm -hmm. If they, I think they address it, it will help them overcome it. Mm -hmm. So I'm a very uh, high component, I really encourage Go to see a therapist, see a psychologist to help you get through whatever that void is of not having that father or a good father in your household. So example, mentor, and, th and therapy to me will help shape that, uh, that person who's dealing with those issues. Love it. I think Jay is spot on. Everything he said is spot on. Um, and the only thing that I would add to that is uh, peer accountability as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have other uh, brothers who have kids as well you know, they're learning along the way. Why don't you do some stuff with them? Maybe you go on a camping trip with them or go fishing with them or something mm -hmm. like that with their kids. And you'll learn things and you'll pick things up, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, and you'll actually learn what you're strong in that you didn't even know you were strong in, you know. So that's all I got to say. I think Jay really hit it spot on. Grandpa? Well, I, I, I go a little bit deeper than what they just said. And it's, all that was good. Mm -hmm. But some of the, sometimes some of those kids out there that don't have a father, you got to be a father to them. Mm -hmm. you, you might want to bring some of them in mm -hmm. to your family mm -hmm. and be that father. Mm -hmm. I know during my, during, during my time as I uh, was a young man, I bought several in. I bought, uh, most of y'all know it has, Clara, I call her Busy B. Mm -hmm. She's one that I raised mm -hmm. from about eight years up till she was grown, along with her sister Cordell. Mm -hmm. Bought them in, in and just kept them and raised them just like they was mine. Mm -hmm. uh, my second wife, two come along with her, mm -hmm. raised those two mm -hmm. just like they were mine. There was no difference mm -hmm. than, than him. Mm -hmm. They was all my kids. I didn't father them, but they were my kids. Mm -hmm. And that's how you look at it. Mm -hmm. you, you, and, and you got to be just like these young men. You got to be a mentor mm -hmm. to some of them that you don't bring in. Mm -hmm. uh, I, have, I have young men, but they're not young men now, that came along with me as I was working that I have to bring along. They're becoming at the retirement age, but before they retire, they will call me on certain situations, financial situations. What will I do in this? How should I handle this? Mm -hmm. I told Jack, I said, Lord, I didn't know I was so popular with the companies <laughs> I was coming up. <laughs> but those, those people still respect me. Not just black people, mm -hmm. white too. I got a call from a white guy last week. Mm -hmm. Mr. Chapman, I'm thinking about retire. Here's my plan. Now you tell me what you think. Mm 
Should I go with it or should I not? What should I do with my money? Should I get all my money at one time or should I take it on as I live? All those different types of questions. I influence somebody, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, maybe it was the way I treated them as mm -hmm. I was coming along. I didn't know it, but I always try to treat everybody right. That's good. I think that goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I would just love to add that our society is at a, at a terrible place right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to paint the picture pretty. 62% of the families that, that p women that have kids now do not have a father in their home. Mm -hmm. yes. So I can, I can say that that mother, reach out for the nearest, what, what Jeff was talking about, reach out for the nearest pastor or the person that could uh, uh, most definitely get Jesus in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, then things will change. Uh, I don't want to make it sound like a bad note, but that's where we are in our society. Mm -hmm. So uh, reach out. Churches are, is a great place to start. And uh, don't don't listen to what all your friends tell you about Father. Uh, he's no good. You can still find you a great man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so real because um, I have people come up to me all the time in this church and say, man, thank you for sharing your dad with me. Mm -hmm. Like, because you're like, yeah, you're all my brothers. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't mind at all because his influence on so many men who have that, that void and that didn't have that influence is great. Even these are grown men. I'm mm -hmm. talking about 40, 50, even older than him. Like, he, had that, he has that influence on them as a spiritual father and a mentor, and it's really helping their growth. And I think that trickles down to all the men in this ministry to be a mentor to somebody mm -hmm. or influence on somebody um, because he did that at home. It's instilled in him. And now he instills it in this church as well. And the men here at Raleigh North Christian Center love him to death, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they lean on him. They're like, you know, they'll say, Pastor, you really my dad. You know, mm -hmm. like, he gets that all the time because he uh, and, I, and I commend uh, Grandpa Wesley because mm -hmm. he did that with him. So mm -hmm. it just trickles down. And um, like Mr. Parker said, going to church especially here at Raleigh North Christian Center, you're going to get that father figure. Especially mm -hmm. with Dr. Chapman. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much. We are so honored. Give yourselves a hand. I think we appreciate you. Job well done, Chapman. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Really, we appreciate you sharing your heart, you know, being so authentic, encouraging our audience, and taking the time to, to see that person, young, old. I love that we have a multi-generational um, panelist here today. We're so honored, but really this is something I know that um, has been part of our heart to really highlight the generational wisdom, all the things that you've navigated as men, as fathers, as leaders. We honor you and we honor all of our fathers in our community and at large. We're grateful for your leadership. We're grateful for your manhood and we wanna help continue to equip you to lead yourself to lead at home, um, to, to be humble, to grow. That's part of why our mission here at Raleigh North Christian Center is come, grow, and lead that growth space is where we all want to be so that we can lead well, we can serve well, we can listen, and we can learn, and we can be better for it. So we're so honored to wish you a happy Father's Day today. We pray that you feel loved. We pray that you feel encouraged. And if you um, need any way of community or connection, Raleigh North Christian Center is definitely here. Again, I want to thank our panelists. We're so grateful for you. Uh, Wesley Chapman, Dr. Jeffrey Chapman, Reverend Jesse Parker, Jeff Chapman Jr., and Jesse Parker. We are so grateful for you all. Have a wonderful day and happy Father's Day.
I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed this podcast. It was great for me just to be able to sit there and listen to some of the things that my father had to say, as well as my father-in-law and his father, things that I was learning for the first time that I had never heard before. I also appreciate my brother-in-law being there as he was probably like me, had seen things that and heard things uh, from them that we had never heard before. But the blessing is everyone was listening to the wisdom of all of us, getting a chance to hear, you know, what it takes to be a father, about what it takes to be a father. And it takes a willing heart. It takes someone who's not just willing to make babies, but they're also willing to love the women that they're with and love the children that they have. And not only love, but also make room for them. So I just pray, guys, that you get blessed out of this message. You take this and apply it to your lives. And remember, we are back on our flow of doing a podcast a week. I've been away for a while, but I am now back and looking forward to the many things that we're going to get into. Speaking of that, I wanted to ask you guys, if you have any questions if there's anything that's really been on your mind, something that you had a hurdle about, send those questions to me on my social media accounts, like in the inbox or a DM, and let's discuss it a little bit. And you never know, it may make it into our podcast order, and we'll talk about it. So look forward to hearing from you from there as well. If you have questions, see the link to my email and social medias if you want to get more detail on upcoming series or a peek into the next week see my men's call page please like and share with other men and again thanks for joining men's call podcast where we gain insight to our calling by god and take action that will change our world for the better